Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Mr. P. Thank you very much. Would you, we'll drink I that. have a question for you. Well, welcome, everybody. It's really, uh, <laughs> we're happy to be with you today. I mean, don't you know that? Yeah, but I have a question for you first. All right, Last week... If you recall, the week before last, week you, before. you came in here <clears throat> yes. as a dear friend, yeah, and, and, when, and I left. gave you a Christmas present. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> no Christmas present for you. He gave me a little thing of cigars, Brian, and I got sores all over <laughs> my mouth. And I got to go to the doctor, get a biopsy on it. Well, we're going to bring him in right now. We're, we're going to dispense of the headlines today. Let's bring in Brian Siegel right now. Yeah, Brian, how are you? Hi, Brian. Hi, hi, no, Brian. What, that's see, his. Look at that room behind him. Yeah, you know what I that? Know, that's it, wow. It, it, not only does it look like a museum, but it looks like a giant humidor. You could, you could really, <laughs> you cigar. could store some phenomenal cigars in there. Where, are, where are you coming from? There, you California, I'm in Orange, Orange, California, which is in oh, Orange Ar- County. Sure, the city of Orange. Sure. Well, listen. We have a lot to talk about. Brian, is, uh, we're really excited. We've been trying to get Brian on for a while. Uh, Brian Siegel, one of the top two or three foremost uh, collectors in the country. Yeah. Uh, tremendous yeah. amount of history. Uh, so we're going to chat with Brian. But I, just want, I do want to give our friend uh, uh, Rich Miller and the gang at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, for once. I forgot the headline today. I left it at home. You know, got, people would be fired for that if you lived in uh, Lithuania. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. I didn't think of that. But anyway, uh, so anyway, everybody knows Sports Collectors Daily. Uh, get hobby news 24-7 at sportscollectorsdaily.com. I read it every day. Brian, uh, yeah, uh, it's very uh, good. Rich does a great job. That's we true. also have a giveaway from the oh, very famous Staten Island Joe Marino bag. Was it empty? Well, no, it's not empty. There's names in there. I mean, we're gonna pick, you're going to pick it out. Oh, very nice. And bag. this week, we're giving away. Oh, jeez. Well, we have two of oh, these. Geez. You can hold this up. Please, look at this mug. And I'll hold Your this nose, up, too. My nose takes up half the. We are going to be giving away a signed Rico Petroselli, little nice little a photo after we have two of these, because we're going to give this also for the on deck with Rico segment. Same one? Well, there's two of them. Oh. And then this was a promotional card. We, this was one of 100. You can let Rico hold that. You can hold that. When we wrote, when Ellen and I uh, and JM wrote the Cracker Jack <laughs> Collection, Baseball's Prize Players, PSA came out with one of 100 as uh, uh, souvenirs. And this is called the Babe Ruth card that never was because Babe Ruth, it was his rookie year, but he wasn't a member of the Cracker Jack group. Well, how'd they get the uh, uh, card? They created it. Oh, they created <coughs> the it. The artist, uh, I can't remember the artist's name, uh, Arthur uh, Miller. Arthur Miller, the artist, created that. Uh, and then we wrote the narrative yeah, on the back nice of the card. card. Well, what we, Ellen and I did is we wrote it as though how we envisioned they would write it for a rookie 22-year-old kid coming in. 
So this is we wrote the narrative yeah, based on nice. the fact that no, he was. It's a nice you know, car. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool car. Anyway, but anyway, we um, want to chat with Brian. Brian, we have a lot to talk about. You have an absolutely magnificent collection. But before we get into the collection, how about a little, just a little bit of your background, how you got into collecting, and how that morphed into you being the first person to ever spend a million dollars on a card. Can you talk about all that? Well, my background is I originally uh, come from Toronto, Canada, and I moved out here when I was just a little kid. <clears throat> In fact, I remember when Rico, uh, Rico, along with Carl Yastrzemski and, and uh, Jim Longborg, played right down the street uh, in, in the 1967 All-Star Game. Yes, right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I so uh, wow. I, I collected a little bit back then when I was a little kid, and then, you know, it Things became more important, other things, uh, school and college and, and actual working. I, that became very important. And uh, I started a company about a year out of college that did uh, financing for medical equipment for physicians and dentists and yeah. any medical professional. Wow. And we grew that company up. Uh, we, I took the company public. And eventually sold it to American Express. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's wow. So, and then American Great Express, story. in their infinite wisdom, within two years, destroyed the company. Oh, did they oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, but during that time, when I was doing all of that, I started getting into collecting. And what I did is I started out collecting rookie cards from people that I had grown up watching. So I started like 60 rookie cards from the 60s. Mm -hmm. Then I went back to the 50s. You know, with the Hank Aaron's and and uh, Mickey Mantles and so forth, and then I, and then I realized that there's a whole pre-war set of cards that I was unaware of growing up, and I really started focusing on uh, two areas. One was Cracker Jack cards, and one was T206 cards. One of yeah. which is the Honus Wagner card. Now you're talking about the Honus Wagner card. The yes. yes, okay, yes, but but the Honus Wagner card was was a part of 75 images of hall of famers in that t206 set right so my goal was to collect all the cards in psa 8 or higher which is some of them have populations of two or three right. maybe four and and the idea was to collect 73 of the 75 because two of them eddie plank and honus wagner were rarities and very expensive correct and only after selling my my company was I able to even think about, let alone affording, spending in the year 2000, actually, spending a million dollars, a little bit over a million dollars for that uh, PSA 8 bonus Wagner card. Now, the Wagner card that you're referring to is the card that is now owned by Kenny Kendrick. Right. Right. Now, did you did you buy it from Gretzky or did that was that up the up the ladder a little bit? Done. Yeah, he owned it with Bruce McNall. I think they bought it in 1991, and, oh. and then McNall had a lot of problems, shall we say. Yeah. And uh, was was eating uh, bread and water for a couple of years. <laughs> and and Gretzky took over the card, and he was not really interested in collecting like McNall was, so he, he sold it to Walmart, who had a... That's right. They had big, a giveaway. Uh, they had, yes. Yeah, they had a giveaway. Yeah. And uh, a, a, a postal worker in Florida won the giveaway. And at, the card was valued at about a half million dollars. And she couldn't afford to pay the taxes. So she sold it 
And then Mike Gibwitz bought that in auction, a uh, man from Chicago. And uh, he owned it prior to me buying it in the year 2000. So he owned it for about four years, and then I owned it for about six years. Now, if I may ask, and this is an interesting you question. me? Yeah, no, I'm going to yeah, ask yeah. Uh, Brian. So you pick, and you don't have to share this with us, Brian, but you, you, <laughs> you spent a million dollars for the card. Right. Can I ask you what you sold the card for when the time came? Yeah, I sold it for uh, somebody actually called me out of the blue. Someone I, it's really kind of funny because it's actually my dentist, of all people, <laughs> knew somebody that was interested in buying the card. I, I had told my dentist, who I'd known for many, many, what, 30, 35 years at the time, he said, There's somebody that's interested in buying or talking to you about buying the card. It was another local Orange County person. And I got together with him and we uh, negotiated and I sold it for $2.35 million. Oh, that's great. Nice little, nice little pickup. I want to ask you, initially, when you first started collecting, where did you buy your cards? Good was it question. auctions or uh, – I know they had a lot of uh, – uh, what do you call Card shops. You card know, shows, small, yeah. Small card, card shops and so on. Yeah. Yeah, in those days, in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, there was a, you could go down to your local Holiday Inn, yeah. and every Saturday they'd have a, like, a little show with maybe 40 or 50 – People yeah. at at the show at these shows, yep. and then right. that became bigger. And then eventually, with the internet coming coming to be, there were auctions yeah. from yeah. coast to coast. And I became involved with the auctions and with dealers. Subsequently to that, that were located all over the country, rather than just people that were setting up locally here in Orange County. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it evolved. And now, you know, you can. One day have an auction in New Jersey, and the next day have an auction in Texas, and yeah, then the next day have right. an auction here That's in California. And, or you have dealers. Uh, with, with the bats and the jerseys that I buy, you know, I buy some of them th- through auctions and some of them through dealers and others just personally, directly from previous owners that I know. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if I Listen. told you this, week about Brian has been gracious enough to uh, – you know, uh, we talked about Mike Hefner from Leland's, and yeah. Mike uh, Mike was wonderful when we were down in Philly. Yeah. He opened up his house to us nice. uh, to do the photo shoot for the page chapter breaks for the new book that yeah. Ellen and I are doing that's going to be released next summer. And Brian has been gracious enough to open uh, up his house oh, wow. to our photographer this coming weekend. Great. And we're going to be using some of his magnificent memorabilia to, for the cover yeah. of the book. Oh, nice. That's and, great. Uh, Brian, so we're going to kind of evolve yeah. into that. You, you know, let's talk about we want to see some of the wonderful, wonderful items that you have. Uh, can we sure. start with bats? Sure. Why, um, yeah, why don't you – I, I know you have a couple. Why don't you just hold up and tell us what you have here so Rico and I can drool. Yeah. Here's one of my, one of my older bats. This is from – 1920, Jeez. and it's a George Sisler bat. Wow. And, and what's unique about this and what's important about it is that this was the bat that he used in the final game of the 1920 season where he set the all-time record for hits in a season of 257 hits. Jesus. That's a, just a few more than Rico ever got. In that's, that's three years for me. <laughs> now, hold on. It, so it didn't. <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't DiMaggio break Sisler's record? No, I thought that he did. record that record held Ichiro. for no. 84 years. Ichiro, it was in 2004 broke the record. Wow! See, 
So he, this record, and, and what's cool about this bat is that during the 40s through the 60s, in fact, it ended in 1967 during the World Series that Rico might know about in 1967. Uh, that, was the, that was the last time that uh, Hillerick and Bradsby, Louisville Slugger, they had a touring, they had a, like a touring display right. of bats. Yeah. yeah. And this, this little piece of paper right here, yeah. that's taped onto here, is the remnants of, there's only four known bats from that display still in the hobby. Wow. That's wow. You know, so this is a bat, this is a bat that was taken from, from uh, stadium to stadium at World Series and so forth. So people can see this display of a variety of different great players from you know, the beginning of, of uh, Louisville Slugger. Now, we're not going to talk about, cool about I'm this. surprised at the size of the, uh, the barrel of the bat. It's really, for that, for, during those times, they usually had, not all, you know, but there was a lot. Well, what's, uh, well how much does that bat weigh? Do you know, Brian? Uh, not sure. It's probably about 30. Back then they used heavy bats, about oh, yeah. 37 ounces, I would say. Rico, how, how, so, you know, I know they all yeah. use big bats. How could they get around so quick? They're strong. These guys were strong. A lot of them are <laughs> farmers, you know, come from farmers where they worked as kids. They're farmers or in, uh, plants, you know, lifting heavy stuff. Not all of them, but you know, there's a lot of them, but they just, these guys were strong. Unbelievable. Very strong. Well, this is like my, my Todd Cobb, my Ty Cobb bat. Right here. Yeah. Wow. This is from the early 20s, oh, about 23 to 24. And look at this. one of the keys here is this that. tape. Look at the, this is the way that Ty Cobb did his tape. Now, this was white tape. This, is not, <laughs> this looks like it's brown or black. Yeah. This started out, there's many pictures of Ty Cobb taping his bats or standing there with its white tape. But he spit tobacco juice on his grip. He threw dirt on it. And back back in those days, as opposed to today, where people use a bat maybe for a couple games, yeah, this was probably used for a month or two at least. Yeah. Well, didn't and, you use bats? I mean, you told me once that you there was some time that you used bats for extended period of time, right? Yeah, right. For two games, maybe no, no, so, that's two. it. So you no, switched no, bats? No, no, no. It was uh, no more than that. You were lucky if you got a couple of weeks out of a bat, because right. yeah, you know, it's uh, the weather's. Uh, and, and it starts splitting, you know. The, yeah. But now it's uh, cool. The, the cool story of this bat is that this bat was given by Ty Cobb back in the twenties to Luke Sewell, Luke, one of the Sewell sure, brothers. Sure. Yeah. And, and Luke's and he played like about twenty years. He was a catcher in the major leagues back in the twenties and thirties, and then he became a manager in the fifties. Wow. And I have a letter from his grandson attesting to the fact that he's owned the bat. For since the since the twenties, and I bought this from the grandson wow. of Luke wow. Sewell. Fantastic! Wow. That is just that's gorgeous. Just a great, that's just a great that's a gorgeous bat. piece. Yeah, because I mean, you're a bat guy. 20s. I know that you've always loved. Yeah, the bat. I mean, I love them all, but uh, <coughs> bats uh, just something. Look about at that! It. That is Look, cool. Yeah, that is amazing. Very cool. Wow, and it stayed. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how long wood normally stays. I don't know what it would do. I'm thinking that you know, after time. They have grooves in the barrel of the bat, and and if you kept them too long, they would start to crack. You know, the grooves up. were the grooves in them. But these bats, my Brian, goodness. I got to ask you the question. I mean, do you ever? Because if it were me, I would be doing this. Do you ever like just go down to your beautiful room there and just pick up a bat, like a cob bat, and just hold it in your hands? Oh yeah, I swing it. Oh, but. God. 
But the key is, is I'm a right-handed swinger, but with a Kai Cobb bat or any other lefty, I have to swing it lefty. <laughs> in fact, my my son was here last night. And he said, "Let me let me swing that Kai Cobb bat." I, and he started swinging it right. I go, "No, no, no! You can't swing it right-handed. You must swing it left." That's cool, right? Because right. then you know you're swinging it similar to. We had chatting with split. Didn't he Cobb split? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. We had chatting with Brian Siegel, uh, collector extraordinaire. Brian, what else? Can you show us another bat or two? Sure. Uh, this is my Jackie bat. You got to have a Jackie bat. Everybody's Jackie got Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Wow. Look at the size of that. Look at the barrel in that thing. Rico. <laughs> and you can see the barrel's gotten bigger. God. So. So that's what you can see from the the Thai cob, very thin, and same with the sister. But then, it, you know, in the in the forties and fifties, the the barrels got got bigger. That's just the yeah. nature of, and they got lighter over time. Jackie, uh, you, you talk about him; he's strong, strong was guy. He, oh, he wasn't man. that big. No, well, he, he was, you know, this two, two something. So, so this one, this one is cool, not only because I know the exact date, uh, John Tobby. Uh, from PSA DNA, he narrowed down the exact date in 1952 that this bat was ordered based on its size and weight. Wow. And on top of that, I have a letter from the boy who was with his father at Ebbets Field when this bat was given to them. So that's right the provenance. The, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah that's I got a letter directly from him saying I was at the game in the early 50s and I was there with my dad, and I got this bat of Jackie Robinson. He's held, held it ever since, and then I, I bought it from him. Rico, so, question, a bat, bat question for great. you. As you got older, did you use a lighter bat? Is that typical for, for we, players? We would, no, not, not older so much. Is that uh, in August, you know, we, we'd get bats. Uh, we'd order bats, a dozen bats, and uh, most, of the, most of the guys ordered a lighter bat. Same makes model, sense. but make, a little lighter. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes good it didn't sense. help me, but well, you know, well, helped well, a lot. Ted of Williams was the first one. He went to Louisville Slugger, and he said, I want that bat, but I want you to make it in 30, 32 ounces. Yeah. And, and they looked at him and said, we'll do that, but you're going to lose all your power. You're going to lose. You can, you can swing it. You'll be, still be a good yeah. batter, but you're going to lose all your power. Hmm. And see, they were thinking that mass times speed equals power. And he, he was thinking – which correctly he was thinking because everybody uses a lighter bat now. Right, is that it's the speed of the bat that provides the power. Absolutely. Yeah, you do have to have muscles in your body, sure, but sure. The, yeah. the speed of the bat. Yeah. So if you go back to Babe Ruth, many of his bats are over forty ounces. God, imagine turning a bat like that. I mean, my, my Babe Ruth bat, my Babe Ruth bat is forty-two ounces, thirty-six inches long, and forty-two ounces. That's heavy. unbelievable. That's, That's a, a log. That's a log. <laughs> That's hey, Brian, before we continue about bats, uh, is <laughs> sure. that a New York sure. hat? Is that a New York baseball cap I see in your head? Well, yes, this is a Lefty Gomez <sighs> Hall of Famer. That's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I put it on just to make just to, just so Rico could cry a little so, bit. So okay. that was that was actually Lefty's hat. That was his game game used hat. That's right. Wow. Yeah, wow. On the inside, wow. it actually back in those days, it's very hard to to authenticate a hat. But back in the '30s into the early 40s, they actually stitched the name, the size and the name of the player for major league players wow. directly into the leather Very band cool. inside That's the cap. Yeah. So we have about a minute and a half before our first break. Can you hold up? Can you show us one more bat? Not the not the Yaz bat yet. We'll talk about that coming out of the break. This is my Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig bat. God. Oh, my goodness. 
Look at that. Thing. Look at the way it's Look taped. at the handle. So that that's it. That's yeah. Now nowadays that ha- that thing is like half the size. The hand the handle, you know, as it's going in towards the. Okay, what's, what's unique about this bag? It's very that. difficult to see. I was testing this out last night. Difficult to see, but this bat from Lou Gehrig. This is from 1928. And what's unique about this bat? It's it's side written. So just to make a little. Just a quick one-liner of what side writing is. Back in the days prior to 1947, 48-ish, when they have Rico, I'm sure you remember your your bats on the very on the knob had the model number. Yes. Right. Yeah. During the 60s. That's right. In the 70s. Yeah. Well, back before they had model numbers or used model numbers, you literally had to take your bat, put a label on it, and mail it to Louisville Slugger. <laughs> no way. Jeez. And you That's didn't put amazed. it in a box. You just put it in a two-cent <laughs> stamp. You put Louisville Slugger. And then what they would do, they would receive it, and they take grease pencil, and they mark on it. So that says L. Gehrig. It says 7728. That's 37OZ35IM. Unbelievable. And then it says New York AM, New York American. So – this this bat was used as when he sent it in. It was used as a prototype for his or for, as a model, a template for future bats that he was going to have manufactured by him. And then they they stuck it they stuck it in a rack and it sat there for decades probably. Wow! Until fun, somebody took it home for you know for zero, and then eventually it in, it entered into the hobby and here it sits. Beautiful! Wow! Lou Gehrig's side written bat. So it, it almost makes it's almost like a fingerprint of Lou Gehrig because yeah. there's no other way that it would have been sent in. By another player, wow, because amazing. it was it has it's a Lou Gehrig bat has his name on it printed into it and it was sent in and it has all the information on directly written on it. We are chatting with Good Brian. Wow. Se- I, mean, I tell you what, this is like amazing. We're chatting with Brian Siegel. When we come back, Rico, Brian has a bat that belonged to a teammate of yours, and it ain't Joe Foy. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. Hi, everyone. I'm Rico Petroselli, and I'm very excited to talk to you about our new partner, Panini America. Panini America is the world leader in licensed sports and entertainment collectibles, and we're proud to have them as the official trading card of the Great American Collectibles Show. When it comes to modern trading cards of your favorite players, Panini America leads the way in terms of innovation, design, creativity, value, and fun. From landmark brands such as Donruss, Prism, and Contenders, to high-end juggernauts like Flawless, National Treasures, and Immaculate, Panini America delivers the hottest trading cards of the biggest names in the NBA, NFL, MLBPA, NASCAR, soccer, and college. When you want to collect the best, collect Panini America. Ask for it at your local hobby shop or at mass retailers like Target and Walmart. And you can always find Panini America online at iCollectPanini.com. 
www.panini.com. Panini America, who do you collect? How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auction and Collectibles Company. If you're looking to maximize your return on your sports cards and collectibles, look no further. We at Memory Lane Auction House offer you several options to achieve top dollar for your collectibles. Whether you're looking to auction or sell privately, we're the number one choice with over 17 years in the hobby. Nobody will work harder to achieve your goals. Just call us today at 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or visit us on the web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Go with the best. Go with Memory Lane. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, supporting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Now on deck with Rico Pastorelli. Rico Pastorelli. <laughs> Hi, my name is Willie. Time uh, for On Deck with Rico Pastorelli. Okay, before we get back to Brian, uh, it is time for our segment called On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget, Rico, to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. This week's question, and by the way, this will be uh, for the signed Rico Petroselli little picture no. here. This was submitted by Mr. Ron Barnes. Ron Barnes, yeah. And this is kind of an interesting question because I don't think I knew the answer to this one. What is the longest hit streak that you ever had? Wow, that was a tough question. And who ended it? I think it was 57 games straight. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. I hit it. 
57 uh, Two games. Two games. My hidden streak. No, how, how many? How many? 12. 12? Yeah, 12 games. That was it. 12 games? Yeah. How, that's, that's what awesome. do you think? 12 hits in a row? No, no. I think that's 12 awesome. 12 games. I was happy. All right, now, that, was, that was a great year for me. 12 games. 12. And who ended it? Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, Christy Mathis. <laughs> I don't know. You don't remember do who I ended know? the streak? Are you kidding? How many years ago? Do you remember who I don't it was remember ag- last month? Do you remember who was it against? It was against a team, a big, <laughs> a big league team. God, come on! Why man. do I subject myself? No, I think it was to... about twelve games. I think. Yeah, that was it. Well, I, I mean, I wasn't. Well, well, you know, I wasn't. A well, great let me hitter. let me ask you another question. It's not good. So, what was your longest hitless streak? <laughs> Over thirty-two. So over thirty-two, and the guy that 30. broke the streak that you broke the streak was one hundred and four years old, Robin Roberts. Right? Robin Roberts. How old? Right. Underhand. Yeah, <laughs> Robin. It was the end of his career. Right, you think? I got a ground ball and a bloop. <laughs> he jammed me. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get back to Brian. Brian, uh, you and I spoke prior to uh, to you coming on the air with us, and you do have a bat that actually uh, it was a bat. And I've told this story on the air before. That uh, you sent to Ellen and I to ask if we could if we could get a sign, and the only reason we were able to get a sign was because of this gentleman next to me, wow, who uh, who pulled some strings, calling Dick Gordon's wife, Dick Gordon, yeah, uh, the, the late Dick Gordon, guy, great yeah. guy, and uh, you have a bat. Why don't you tell us about this next bat? Well, this is a 1967 Carl Yastrzemski bat. Now. Is that a W215? Yep, W215. Yeah, that's a Williams model, yeah. Did you ever use that it's, bat? It's a I used model. Uh, I tried uh, yeah, W215. It was uh, I didn't I didn't, you know, it wasn't hey, this real is, good for me. This is something that bat collectors get uh, crazy over. That 8, it's called a Snowman 8. Yeah. Is you is unique. The only other player that I know that did it exactly like that was was Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra is known for his Snowman 8 as opposed to me, I just, I yeah. do it. I write an eight, like an eight, just like most people, like yeah, an eight. Like that. So this is a snowman eight with Carl. Now, with that uh, particular bat, though, there's a little history with that bat in that season, Brian. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. Well, the two fifteens, as Rico pointed out, was a a common bat, particularly for for Carl. That's what he liked to use. The unique thing about this one, as opposed to the typical thirty five inch bat that he used in this season. 1967, which is his triple crown season, is the only year that he used 34-inch uh, bats. Oh. Did you know I that? I didn't know how, that. I didn't that's, know that's, that. Yeah, so this could be dated only because of the fact that it's 34 inches. So what would he Otherwise, typically use at 36? No, 35. Oh. 35, usually 35, 30, 33. Yeah, usually 35. Yeah. This one's 34. That's, so, wow. And, that, and that's, what, that's how... That, that's how John Tobby at JT at JT Bats and yeah. PSA DNA. That's how he was able to narrow it down, and that's one of the reasons I wanted it because it was a triple crown season, and that's why I had you when you had him sign it. Yeah, wow. It says TC TC sixty seven. That's and, incredible. Uh, sure, you know. probably did. He probably didn't know that. Did, did he even know Tom that this was his nineteen sixty seven? Yes, bat? yes, we did tell him. Oh, you told uh, him, yes, yeah. yeah, we did tell him when he signed it. We said, but you know something? It was like, uh, I guess that's pot and parcel for a lot of great players. You know, they see all this stuff come across them. I mean, it wasn't like he was excited. He says, oh, that's, that's cool, and he signed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a very matter of fact. 
Yeah, but the, the yeah. 34, uh, he might have gone to that because they used to try to pitch him in. You know, he was when he first came up, he was a straightaway hitter in left field. He utilized the wall. And then they pitched him in and in. So maybe that's why he got I don't know the, the story, but that's my guess. We would do that, get short of bats. Tony Gwynn. So did you ever – you you said you tried – you used one of his I, bats? I used uh, – <clears throat> no, not one of his bats. No, but I ordered w model. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it felt good, but then, I don't know, it was something about it that uh, just st- it stopped feeling good. And I went to like an M110 uh, S2, which is thinner, thinner uh, handles, and uh, I had better luck with those. Yeah. Interesting. Now, one of the popular, most popular bats in that era was an S1. Yeah. My, both my both my banks and I think my uh, Mays are both S1s. S1s. Yeah. Did you use uh, a U something too? I use yeah. I use a U2 to hit when I hit forty home runs. I use the U2. It felt great. Why Some, did you, why did somebody you? had it in spring training. I said, let me try that. Bang, home run. I said, oh, this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kept using it, and it just, it just hit. You know, it was one of those years. But uh, You know something? I always tell him, Brian, you know, some players have juiced. Rico was juicing on marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't even know what that was. You're kidding me. Uh, Brian, you wanna, can you share one more bat with us, and then we're going we're gonna to move to some, uh, some other cool stuff. Well, I'd have, I don't have – that's my – I have 50 bats, but that's the ones that I have okay. out. So now the, let's, let's switch to cards because, you know, you have a few cards. I mean, they're <laughs> not as good as my, uh, you know, Ike DeLock PSA 2, <laughs> but uh, you have some kind of cool cards. Can you, can you show us a few of them? Here's a few. Uh, these are from 1934, 34 Gaudi, the two, the two Lou Gehrig cards from that year. Oh, geez, those are nice. Look, those are cool. What nice. is it? What's the grades in those? I can't see the grade. Yeah, they're both PSA 8s. Wow. Wow. So nice card. Nice. Color. Some of the cards that I held on to. I, I did get, I did part with some of my cards as I got into the bats and the jerseys, but fortunately I still have these great cards. You know something? It's, it's funny you mentioning that. Now, obviously, I have a collection, but it's, you know, I mean, it's not even on the radar. And I've, I've decided, I, and I was just talking to Ellen about that. I was telling Rico before the show, you know, I, I've been working on my T206 collection for th- over 30 years, and I've liquidated part of it. And I'm, I think I, I'm going to kind of make a switch here. I'm going to do the same thing, uh, obviously, on a smaller scale, where I'm going to get rid of a lot of my cards, and I, I really want to start working on some really cool memorabilia, game use stuff and, you know, uh, this, the, the real vintage stuff. Well, think about it this way. Cards were manufactured for the sole purpose of people to collect them. Bats were not manufactured for people. And not only that, the DNA of the player is on the bat. You know, that's that's really cool. So, so, So bats and jerseys were manufactured for players' use. They were the tools of the trade. You couldn't play it. You you. Rico, you couldn't play without a bat. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Maybe you could well, have. Sometimes, could have. yeah. It looked like I didn't have a bat, but no, yeah. I know what you so, mean. Yeah, that's right? a great point. And it's, is it tougher least, to get the bats or kind oh, of Oh, yeah, the same? by far. Really, because yeah. if you think about the ways that, I don't know the history of this, of this Carl Yastrzemski bats, but he had to have given it to somebody. Yeah. Maybe a bat boy, yeah. maybe a friend. Sure. And then that friend held on to it, and it wasn't worth financially anything back in the 60s. And then eventually someone offered him 100 bucks or 200 bucks or mm. whatever and said, oh, 
I don't, it's just been sitting in the corner and he gives it to him and that person and that person eventually sells it and it gets into that hobby. Yeah. But there's, but, but some of these bats like this Lou Gehrig bat, there's not that many compared to Ruth. Ruth, Babe Ruth gave out a lot of bats. Right. Right. He, he, wow. he was <clears throat> famous for signing and gifting bats. They're great bats, but there's a larger population of them. Yeah. Lou Gehrig is just much smaller. He didn't give out that many bats. Very so it's cool. hard to find one. Yeah. Oh, um, so anyhow, getting back to the card. Yeah, what else? Most, well, most people know these. This card. <laughs> so that, that's 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 the that's the mantle rookie. And what's the, what's the grade on that? Eight. That's an eight. Beautiful card. Beautiful card. So this what card I I've owned for all of these years since I started collecting. Maybe in the late nineties, I probably bought this card for about thirty thousand dollars. And what? that was that was like a huge swath of money yeah. back then. Now, what, what is the value of that card now, all day long, Brian? If, if I mean, well, I just I just looked at at the SMR from PSA. Yep, it's now listed at nine hundred fifty thousand dollars in this gray. This is PSA. Imagine that. So there's been there's been uh, there's been wow. two or three that have sold for well over a million dollars. Rico's been gray, Rico's been gray. complaining for all these years that he had a couple of those. I had them. Yeah, I had them. All right, and they're gone. They're gone. My mother, you know, yeah. we moved. It's the old story with the shoebox out. What'd you do, Ma? Ma, what'd you do? It's uh, junk. What do you want, a junk? Hey, by the way, uh, Charlie Perina from Just Rip It will be joining us a little uh, later on in the show. Brian, how about uh, what else do you have for cards? Well, I had to because of where you guys are, I had to come up with the Boston uh, cards. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> so this is someone that's a contemporary of Rico's also. Teddy Ball game. Is that Ted? It, no, that's Ted Ted's rookie, Scott. That's his uh, 39 oh. Bowman. Play ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Thirty nine play ball. With, and what's the grade on that? That's an eight, also. Wow, Rico, you had a little so this, history with that gentleman, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, he was great, a well, great hitter, but uh, he, he's a great teacher of hitting. He loved to talk hitting, and if he had a bat in his hand, Brian, he would squeeze it while he's talking so hard you could almost smell like it's burning. It's it was wow. a wood burning. <laughs> Holy jeez. And we get pumped up. And then I, I have actually going to other sports. Yeah. This is someone from Boston that you might know. Bill Russell. Oh, yes. Bill Russell's 57 Bill Russell. tops rookie card. Now, nice. I don't know. Today, uh, for our viewers and listeners, remember you're watching the show on Wednesday night, but today is Friday. And tonight at the Boston Garden, yep. David Hunt, friend David Hunt, yeah. is auctioning off most of Bill Russell's. Uh, Memorabilia. Uh, memorabilia. And I was just First reading an like article it. that Shaq O'Neal said yesterday that he said, I don't care how much it costs, nobody's going to outbid me, and I'm going to buy all of his 11 championship rings. Wow. Shaq is going <laughs> to. Holy so, cow. That's a great card. That's yeah, uh, a beautiful card. I get sick when I look at that card because I had that card and yeah, see? I, I sold now it. So this, again, like is in, this, this is in PSA 8. I probably spent. Maybe five thousand dollars for this back in the uh, probably mid nineties or something. Yeah. This this card is now sold for over two hundred thousand dollars. Ellen's going to shoot me. She's going oh, to yeah. shoot. Me. I had that card in a six. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. I like. <laughs> I had it in a six. She's going to. And shoot then me. for the hockey fans out there, we got oh, oh, Bobby Orr. Oh, Bobby. there he is. <laughs> That's, that's Bobby Orr's rookie card. Another friend of yours. You've done some oh, stuff. Yeah. With- oh yeah, those guys play. Yeah, you know, we played golf and. Uh, Oh man, Bobby's one of the great gentlemen. Just a real gentleman. Really is. Really I have a, I have a signed hockey puck from him when I was a kid. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, so he's a, he's one of the heroes of, of, of Boston athletics. Oh. I mean, uh, so I, I Icon. had to bring in, I got, the, I got the Ted Williams, the Bill Russell and the Bobby Orr rookie card. Yeah, Brian, nice. we're, we're going to, there's some other, uh, uh we're going to show some images, um, on the screen, and I know right now you're going to be able to see them when we air. But I know that you can you can talk about it. Can we yeah. bring up the uh, Chief Bender, uh, if we can? Now we're looking at a Chief Bender. Is that it? Looks like a gamer, game used jersey. Can you tell us a little a little bit about that, Brian? Yes, it's a 1913 Chief Bender Philadelphia A's gamer. Wow. Home, oh, wow. uh, home uh, jersey. Hell of a picture, and, by the way. If you look at that picture, yeah. I also collected other things. Like there's a ticket there. If you see the ticket, you, there's a ticket I, from the first game I, of the 1913 yeah. World Series. Yeah. He pitched that game. So he, he pitched possibly in that uniform in that game, in the first game of the 1913 World Series. Man. Oh, man. I have a, I have a ribbon from the 1913, a press ribbon from the 1913 World Series. I'm not sure if it's in the photo. It should be in that photo. I think it is. Yes, the press ribbon. It is. There's only there's only one or two others that are in that condition because you, if you think of a ribbon, just the nature of a ribbon hanging down. Uh, good luck trying to find something from 1913 that is in that condition. See, that's so the I, stuff, I, man. It's incredible. It's that's just amazing. Uh, wow. I bought those both in the Barry Halper auction back in 1999 yeah. now so i bought them to, i bought them together or in that auction together yeah barry was with the yankees all right now yeah. the next the next image is the burke ale image can you tell us a little bit about that yeah this is from uh, this is with if you look at the two gentlemen in there you got cap anson yeah and you got buck buck ewing and what's unique about this is that these two guys in this in this image this this company burke ale is a guinness company you know like guinness sure. ale that's around yeah. today they were the first two professional athletes ever to be paid to endorse a product in that in that image wow in, eight, in, in 1889 think about that got, that's the first each, paid uh, that's incredible wow. that's crazy now yeah. think about jordan and lebron james and all the money that these people make you know today that's sometimes and, and, that accounts for the more, first, more yeah. than their salary, and that's that's yeah. the grandfather. Okay, yeah. we're looking at another one. This this is a Dimaggio now. Is this a, this is a Dimaggio. Looks like a Dimaggio Dodge. Dodge ad. You're right. Dodge ad. Yes, and that's from 1938. He, he signed a contract. He, there's two or three different images of Dimaggio behind the wheel and in different uh, different images. I think I've never seen another one. I think this is one of one for this particular image. It's five feet long. And about it's about two two and a half feet uh, wide. Wow! Of Dimaggio promoting, and that's only his like his third year in the big leagues. Was that the last uh, one, Chrissy? Was there one more? No, you got a bunch more. We got the Dodgers. We got the Bay. Okay, yeah. Let's bring up the Dodgers. Yeah. I, I, I didn't write that down for some reason because I'm an right. idiot. Okay, so we're it's looking at some wonderful Dodgers jerseys. Uh, Thirty-two, five, thirty-three. Can you tell us a little bit about those jerseys, Sandy? Yeah, from left to right, you got Sandy Koufax, then you have Don Drysdale, and then you have Roy Campanella from 1954, Can't be. and then you have uh, Duke Snyder from 58, the first year they were in What a, what a display, huh? That's fabulous. I mean, fabulous. this is just amazing. Now, oh. now what's unique about the, the Koufax on the left is from 1965, and I think I've, I've tried very hard, and I think I've, I've photo-matched it to the Game 7 game in which he beat 
the twins on a, with a shutout. Yeah. This is back before they before they kept track of the number of pitches, or they kept track and then they tore it up at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so much talk about a hundred pitches and all of this today. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't, and he pitched game five, and then he had two days rest, and they put him in to pitch game seven. He pitched another shutout. Fantastic. I think, I think it was a three hit three hit shutout in I believe three or four hits in game seven, and I have a photo match that I think nails down that that is the actual jersey because they had two. I don't know, Rico, during the 60s, was it typical you had two road uniforms and two home? Exactly, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So even, even without that then, with this one, which is from 65, you have a 50% chance that that was the jersey he wore in that game. But I think I've narrowed it down. You know, I've got a couple mm. of color pictures that narrow it down. If you go And then you go to, there's a 63 uh, Drysdale. And then after that is the Campanella, which has a cool story. Uh Campanella, of course, with his accident, he stopped playing after the 57 season before the Dodgers moved to Los Angeles. Right. Mm, yeah. And after 1958, in 1958, USC won the, the collegiate championship. Yep. And they had tryouts for, for players, and they invited some of the, one of the one or two of the players from that USC team, and a guy went and tried out. And they, they just said, hey, go in the clubhouse and get some of our gear to, to wear while you're trying out. So he went in there and he got a Don Drysdale pants and he got this 1954 Roy Campanella jersey to wear. Jeez. So he owned it for about 45 years until I bought it in auction and and so I own it now. Fantastic. But he bought it. He just took it home. He he was offered a contract, but he had a senior year ahead of him at USC and he wanted to get married and stay in Southern California. He didn't want to be so. sent out to a to a uh, minor league team somewhere cross country. And that's where that Roy Campanella jersey comes wow. from. All right, Brian, we're just about out of time. That's I can't thank stuff. you wow. enough. This yeah. was just eye-opening, mind-boggling, tremendous, tremendous stuff. collection uh, that well, you have. You. And yeah. uh, listen, uh, we're, we're getting, I, again, I want to thank you personally and to our viewers and listeners. I'm telling you, the cover of the book is going to be so cool because we're going to use some oh, of this God, phenomenal memorabilia uh, for the cover of the book. So, Brian yeah, Siegel, Brian. thank you so much for your time oh. and wishing you luck down the road and good luck with the photo shoot, by the way. And tell Chrissy we send her our love. Yeah. Come yeah. on again. Thank with you very you. much. Oh, yeah, he'll be yeah. on with us. You're gonna, you really, promise you're going to come on again with us, correct? Uh, this is fabulous. Yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. If you have the time, I have the I have the stuff to show. If people <laughs> yes, are interested you do. in it. <laughs> oh, I'll be more great. than happy. Thank that's you very great. much, oh, Brian Siegel. Fantastic. Care, Brian. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Charlie P is going to come on. Yes. Just rip it, Charlie Perino. In the uh, meantime, right. we'll be right back. Panini America is the world leader in licensed sports and entertainment collectibles, and we are proud to have them as the official trading card company of the Great American Collectibles Show. Panini leads the way in innovation and design with great brands like Donruss, Prism, Contenders, Flawless, National Treasures, and Immaculate. Partnering with the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball Players Association, NASCAR, FIFA, and College, Panini is certainly at the head of the hobby. You can find Panini products in major retailers like Walmart and Target or online at iCollectPaniniAmerica.com. That's Panini America. Who do you collect? Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. 
Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Rare dead stock to the latest release, new or pre-owned. The drops never stop. eBay, authenticity guarantee. With the holidays right around the corner, eBay is the place to go for all of your sports memorabilia. Sports or non-sports cards, by the way. Autographs and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip your cards and get some extra holiday cash. I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay connecting buyers and sellers globally. You know what I just bought? What? I just bought all of my weights. Oh, good. All of my hooks. Yeah. For Florida. Fishing stuff. For Florida. Yeah, that's cool. now That's what I do. And then when I run out, I'm going to go to Perino, because Perino's got a stash of hooks and mm. uh, fishing rods and stuff in his car. Oh, so. nice. Charlie boy, how are you, brother? Charlie, what the hell was that with the camera? What, what, what were we looking at? Your floor? I don't know. I was. We got three different cameras here. Uh, but you guys, I think it's your guys' fault. You guys switched to this beautiful studio. I've been your uh, background there. And it's, it actually hey, buddy, is. I'm a professional. She player. is a professional. Chrissy is <laughs> Chrissy and David together. Great team. Uh, they run roughshod over us. But listen, Charlie. Before we get into just rip it, would you extend an invitation to Petroselli and I? For Petroselli to, to get off his butt and come to the East Coast so we can do a show from your studio. Oh, that would be fantastic. Come on, Rico. Get the West Coast to the East Coast. Where am I going to stay? He won't. He charges, you know, double. I said 139 a night. That's See what cheap. I mean? And, uh, and the food's extra, right? Well, the meals should be included if he charges right? you double. Right? I know that. But uh, I would do it. I would do it. 
We'll stay at a hotel. That's all right. <laughs> all right, let's get to Charlie. Charles, first of all, how's everything going? Everything's going great. Everything's going fantastic. Uh, the energy's been there. Uh, our JRI community's been overwhelmed with some great packs that we've been opening over the past several months. Uh, business is brisk. Sports is brisk. Modern to the old. Uh, right down the line, right across the board, everything's been doing fantastic. That's great. That's good to hear. I tell you. So we want uh, we see the industry, see the individual, you know, auction houses do well. You know something? Oh, uh, go ahead. I'm going to ask both of you guys these questions. You, Charlie, more than Rico. Yeah. So, and I've asked this question for the last month, but I, I want to get it from the horse's mouth. Are you <laughs> seeing a dip in the vintage stuff? No, not at all. Not at all. The vintage stuff, the vintage cards from all the sports right across the board have, if not held or progressively gone higher, two guys that we've seen leveled off only because they went up too much were Jordan and Jeter. Uh, only because they went up. Yeah, but no, but I'm talking like using Marco. Oh, the, you're talking like Mantle. Yeah, and using Marco the Magnificent as an example, who is a member of that generation, right? Yeah. Does he have any interest or does that generation have any interest in the Gaudis, in the T206s? The younger, younger generation, the millennials, the Gen Zers, they still like the guys that you're watching today live. I mean, I never seen Mickey Mantle play. It's a shame. I've seen him when he got older. Uh, I've never seen Babe Ruth play. Rico may have saw him at a couple of games. Oh, Rico's, Rico and Ruth yeah, were together. together. They used to yeah. root together. I love those guys. I love Ruth and Gary. They're masterpieces. They're worldwide collections. The younger guys, they're aware of this. But they're more into the, the next big Ruth Mantle, the next Jordan, the next LeBron. That's what they're hunting around for. But I suggest to everybody, diversify and get a little bit of the old vintage people. They, they, you have to. They don't make them anymore. You can't pull them anymore, right. except on our show. We pulled the Mantle Maze card, <laughs> pack fresh uh, last week. It was unbelievable how it's staring at me in these packs. Unbelievable. You know, he asked that question because he has the, some of the old cards that he said he's going to sell. That's what he's doing. He's checking I, I, I'm out. checking. That's exactly well, no, what I'm that's testing. Right. I'm testing. I'm asking the yeah, experts. I understand. You know, I, I think I may go into a little different direction. Well, listen. I'm, I'm, you I'm, should. And viewers, don't get mad at me. I'm just, I'm, I want to switch up a little bit. I've been doing the same thing for 30 years. Yeah, and that's a good idea. No, I think you should, too. <laughs> Tell us about becoming a member. That's what I want to know. Can I oh, do it? It's a great perk. It's, it's too good to be true. For like $30 a month or $300 a year, we offer reward points when you buy from our site. That automatically, somewhere like Starbucks, it automatically points go right into your account. You use them at checkout to reduce your cost. If you're a member, we double the reward points. And a lot of our customers are buying three or four cards in the pack. So we have it where if you buy three or more cards, we'll give you 5% off. And we have event tickets, ten uh, percent off. Rico, nice. I don't know if you ever got that sweatshirt. We got a whole box of them here. So I, I, I haven't. That's yeah, you know, extra large. You know, I think Perino. I think he's he's throwing you a curveball. I don't think. <laughs> well, he now he said that before. One time I was. Although on Charlie, it. you sent it to me, months. baby, and I wear it. I wear it. Oh yeah, I'll wear that. it. I'll wear it. I'll tell you. I tell you what, Charlie. If you send it to him again, he will wear it on the air. I will. I think that I sent it the, uh, up north, but he was coming down this way, so it may have gotten yeah across. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably be. Billy has it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll get it. No, out seriously, of it. Uh, and we rebranded too. We're JRI cards. Yes, I oh, saw that. You, nice. you switched up. Yeah. Just hey. ripped, it just took too long to get out. We you know it's like PSA JRI. You know, we, yeah. we went to rebranding, so all our merchandise Good idea. has JRI cards, and it's. An overwhelmingly great. We, we, we keep saying JRI. We go right down the board saying JRI. Charlie, can you explain the hit random? How does that all work? 
hit random. Uh, we're going to turn that into a more memorabilia. A lot of our customers are looking for signed jerseys, signed autographs, paper cuts, uh, helmets, baseballs. So we're going to we're coordinating that now that it's under construction, but we're going to put together like a little uh, package of non-card items where it, helmets, balls, jerseys, anything along that line. That's what we're going to be uh, working on. Very cool. Probably nice. after the first of the year. How does a box break uh, a box break work? <laughs> Talk much? <laughs> we get the box basically. Yeah. We just, uh, the box rip, same thing. Instead of getting a card and a pack, you get a, pa- a whole pack in the box. Uh, we oh, we nice. go with, and not ninety eight's the earliest. There wasn't too many boxes. Actually, ninety three's the uh, Derek Jeter year. There's no vintage boxes anymore. They didn't sell box cards. It was right, packs. Right. Those backpacks yeah. was your box. So. Uh, we do it all the way up to the modern. There's a big buzz in football going on. Hopefully, baseball squares things away. There's some great rookies out there that are doing phenomenal, and we all want to see them perform again the following year. But the box breaks, uh, the box rips, all right down the line. We do those per, per pack versus the card. Charlie, what's been your most recent prized rip? We had an event. We pulled out of a 62 PSA graded uncertain and seal pack a Mantle Maze Manager's Dream Card. I almost choked on my saliva. I mean, <laughs> wow, nice. I have to say, when I'm opening these packs, it's I know there's a lot of envy out there because when I see a mantle maze pack fresh and it's just down to the centering, staring at you, it's unbelievable. We pulled a 79 Gretzky out of one of our events. Our events are really taking off. That's where we get high end product, the 79 Gretzky pack. We opened a 59, a 62 baseball, a 67, and a 70, all in one event where uh, we get a big hit. We grade it and go to auction. If we don't, everybody gets a card in that pack. But recently, we also pulled the Mantle Bauer pack fresh card out of a 1960 pack. Billy Martin twice also. You know, we have about a minute left, Charlie. Have you thought about doing a live event down down where you are in front of an audience? Uh, we're thinking about that. Uh, that's not a bad idea. We've had had some customers, just now that COVID's and people are traveling, we have customers that are always invited when they're here to just come on to the show. They can, people know them through the room, but they never see them. I mean, you've got a beautiful studio. I've been there. Uh, I was there with uh, Staten Island Joe. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, studio. Oh, no, it's absolutely phenomenal. And he actually he sprung for pizza. Really? Yeah. Well, why don't you put the, you, you put the show together? You're, uh, you're down there. Will you come over? I will do it. Say I promise. I promise. <laughs> and, and tell you what. I won't charge you. Hey, that's a deal. All right. Woo! I won't charge you. Rico, no, Rico, wait. You should charge him. <laughs> I know. That's Good right. Point. Hey, Good what's point. going on? Hi, Charlie. Rico slept here. <laughs> yeah. also, quickly, I do have a 75 rack with Rico on top. I'm going to do some type of charity benefit. That may be the thing we do live. There you Maybe go. There you uh, go. We did that a long time ago for the, uh, for the Jimmy Fund. Jimmy oh, Fund, yes. yeah. yeah, actually, we're going to be, Rico is not even aware of this year. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be bringing in, uh, this year we're going to be uh, focusing on a new charity uh, for a young man that uh, we've known for a lot of years uh, that uh, uh, was in a, a diving accident, and he's a uh, uh, paraplegic. Pa- quadriplegic. Quadriplegic. Uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking about that later on down the road. Yeah. Charlie, what is your website address, brother? It's jricards.com, and we have the biggest selection of graded, uncertain and sealed packs from 1950s to the 60s to the 70s. You know, I hop in this little DeLorean once in a while. That's how I get the packs. Right? Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> there. Hey, listen, there. Uh, I'll be down in three and a half weeks, and then we're going to hook up, have a little lunch. 
Absolutely. Who's paying? Yeah. Well, Who's paying? I'll pay. He's I'll pay. Paying. You hear that? All right, Charlie. Charlie. I'll make sure I fast the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you. Thank you. Right, Charlie Perino, J-R-I. All right. Yeah. Before we uh, we end this little oh, yeah. soiree, yeah, 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 let's yeah. pick out of the, you can hold these up, well, certainly. of the famous ugly bag. And this week's winner is Rondell Rosato. We know Rondell. You know? Nice family, Rosario and Rondell. Congrats. You will be yeah. winning both of these, the, the Rico uh, picture and the, Babe and the Babe Ruth card that never was. Here's what you got to do. Nice. Email me. Oh, I forgot. I've got to take her name out. Email me. IM me. PM me. Carry a, pri- pi- a pigeon. I don't care how you get to me. You have one week to get in touch with me. If I don't hear from you in a week... He's gone. Huh? You're out. What are you signing it twice? No, I'm just uh, ruining it. I'm, you know, my teeth here, I'm making them dark, so I look like <laughs> I don't have a. All right, listen, we're done. Guys, as always, you guys do a great job. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, we, we had a little, uh, we were sampling some cocktails uh, before the show, and we got through it fine, right? Yeah, some of us had more yeah. than others, and some of us stuck to our jobs. Good it's point. Fine. Good point. <laughs> With that being said, we love you guys. Uh, we're going to be, uh, it's almost Christmas time, and we're going to be le- heading for Florida in the next couple of weeks. And uh, with that being said, yeah, happy collecting. Take care, everyone. Yeah. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.